there is a very strong sense of commitment to the guys that come in on our team. You know, every single one of them has already basically committed to serve five years, you know, when they get here. Um, and they're already, they're already like they're already goal oriented in terms of that aspect. So it's super easy to get everyone on the same page and committed to the same goals. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is a show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie and on this show we talk about all things lacrosse goalie i like to interview the best goalies in our sport and really find out what makes them so great what are the stories they can tell us the drills that they do the mindsets that they have the way that they approach this position and how they've gotten to where they are at in their lacrosse goalie career my guest on the show this week is army starting goalie knox dent Knox had a phenomenal season for Army this year, including one of the best saves I've ever made. Or I've ever made, not made, I've ever seen. Uh, Knox injures himself, blows out his knee, and yet still gets up and has the uh, heart to get back in there and then make a diving save. If you take away the injury, the save might be the top five of all time I've ever seen, but including the injury, it's got to be number one. And anyway, it's a save we talk about in the show, along with a lot of other things, including his decision to attend West Point and everything that went into that and some of the values that they represent there. You're going to love this show. Great young man, great goalie. Please enjoy my conversation with Knox Dent. Before we begin this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own, Lax Goalie Rat Academy. If you're looking to level up your youth's lacrosse goalie game with the best coaches in this sport, the best training tools, and the best goalie community, that's what the Lax Goalie Rat Academy is all about. It's virtual training tools that's going to give your young goalie the confidence to be great so they can go out there, play well, and make you that proud goalie mom or proud goalie dad there's over 130 hours of content on different areas like drills techniques the mental game lacrosse iq offense defense how to how to play uh one-on-one defense there are stringing tutorials and there's even sessions on how to coach goalies along with physical training everything you need to level up your youth lacrosse goalie game from the best coaches out there pll athletes unlimited coaches myself coach damon wilson put a ton of effort into this academy i think it's an amazing training resource you can join for just 40 bucks a month netflix models you come in 40 bucks for your first month stay as long as you want cancel any time we also do live coaching sessions or i should say i do live coaching sessions about once a month so you can join those ask me questions or really just connect with any number of lacrosse goalie moms dads or youth goalies out there to join go to laxgoalierat.com slash camp c-a-m-p laxgoalierat.com slash c-a-m-p camp and you can get started for just 40 bucks for your very first month laxgoalierat.com slash camp hope to see you there take care Pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Knox Dent, uh, just recently graduated from West Point. Knox, welcome to the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I'm really excited to, to talk more about it and, and get after it today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always love having goalies from the, uh, you know, the armed services. And and first of all, before we get started, thank you so much for your commitment and, and thank you thank for you. serving the country. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk goalie. Let's talk goalie. Yeah. I'd love to hear the very first time you jumped into goal. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, not necessarily jump in, more of a thrown in there. But, uh, I mean, it goes all the way back to to middle school, you know, like price. No, probably fifth grade year right before middle school. Kind of, you know, goalie's not showing up, kind of rotating out, just how, you know, every kind of youth team does it. And kind of just got thrown in there. I was like, hey, like your turn, try it out. And turned out to be a little bit better than 
than expected. So kind of got stuck in it and uh, just kind of carried on with it since then. I love it. Now, where did you grow up? Was it like a lacrosse hotbed? And was there a lot of uh, lacrosse goalie coaching in the area? I would say not so much. I moved moved to Denver in elementary school from Texas. So um, kind of wouldn't say Denver is necessarily a hotbed at the time. Obviously, things have changed a lot since then. But, um, you know, moved there and kind of got introduced to the sport by one of my mom's like friends that she had met. And um, kind of just stuck with it since then and kind of turned out to be the only sport that I really played up until up until now um, throughout my whole time living and growing up in Colorado. Um, the coaching there was obviously I, I was grateful. I had great coaches throughout all my youth and had the same coaches basically throughout. So I wasn't really wavering there, but um, lucked out with the coaches I had in terms of Sam Hovey, a, uh, a, a great guy, a big name out of Colorado in terms of lacrosse community there. And then kind of just, he, he kept me going with it and, you know, did some camps here and there, but most of, most of all my, all my credits due to him, but, um, you know, Denver's come a long way in terms of the lacrosse game, um, with help of Bill Tierney and DU, obviously. Um, but when I, when I was there, it was definitely still a new and growing sport for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's growing tremendously in Denver, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. always helps when you get like a D one program and then like the greatest lacrosse coach of all time uh in yeah. into, into that program right like i mean that'll really help it and and draw a lot of inspiration and popularity in the sport and yeah i mean now we got a lot of d1 goalies and kids coming out of denver right oh yeah no i mean right. the, the path that denver has taken over the past couple of years in terms of colorado the growth obviously with the different tournaments down at um down there and just just the knowledge and everything that's been been made aware through Denver in terms of just growing the sport through the West has, has been awesome. Yeah. So when a lot of kids start playing goalie knocks, like the, the, the shots come at them and it's like, you know, it's like the big time flinch. Like, I don't want anything to do with this as is the natural human experience, human reaction, right. A projectile comes at you and it's like, I gotta, I gotta get safe. Right. Was (laughs) that you? And, and how did you, you know, how did you like overcome that particular element of this position? Yeah, I think, you know, it's weird to say, I think that kind of fear, you get used to it over time, obviously, but I think the only way to really get over it is is to see more of it. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you get more comfortable in net, more comfortable in your skills that, you know, you're not going to be getting hit as much, obviously. Um, but, you know, as the game progresses, people get better, shots get harder. Um, I think that's also where your own game progresses. You're seeing a lot more challenging shots and you're finding out more about your game. It's just one of those things that, you know, obviously no one wants to get drilled by the ball. And even when I get in there, sometimes I'm like, I, I don't want Jacob Moore on my team stepping down from five on me and, and drilling me. Um, but it's one of those things that you just get more comfortable with seeing and you get more confident in your own game that, you know, maybe you're making stick saves more than you are body saves and whatnot. And at the end of the day, I think that mentality, that fear, it goes out the window on game day. Um, it's just one of those things that you're trying to do all you can to win. And it's just, you get super comfortable in there. You kind of find that, that peace and, if you get hit, I, so it may hurt a little bit after, but telling you a win will be feel a lot better than than that will. Yeah, yeah, and you can start out using the tennis balls, uh, you mm-hmm. know, so that you don't get beat up so much while you're trying yeah. to get that fear response out. But mm-hmm. it is that is a good point. It goes away, and it's like anything, you know, like maybe you're super nervous to go take like a test the first time, and then like the second time, like you're not as nervous, and the third time mm-hmm. you're not as nervous. Maybe you're super nervous to go talk to that cute girl. And like the first time you do it, it's like, you know, you're super. And then the second time and third time, fourth time, you know, so, so you'd build up like a tolerance for this. And the same Mm -hmm. goes for lacrosse goalie as well. I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, most definitely. Like you mentioned, I mean, it definitely doesn't happen overnight. The tennis ball thing was, was huge for me. Anytime I'd be seeing extra shots and stuff, like when I was younger, I'd always be, be doing tennis balls and whatnot. And then even at like a younger age, just like even putting on extra padding, if you need to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, any of that stuff that'll help you get more confidence um, is definitely, definitely worthwhile and something that, that I've seen a lot of people do in the past. Yeah. So, yeah. So overcoming that, you know, that fear response and and just like being calm when the shot's mm-hmm. coming at you is kind of like step number one reps does that. Now, how did you go about then learning? All right, this is how you're going to stand. This is how I'm going to yeah. do an off stick hip say, how'd you go about yeah. learning, make, making all the saves? Yeah. I mean, First couple of years I started playing, it was obviously just hey, I was going out there having fun playing lacrosse in elementary school. And then middle school is when I really 
got more into tune with the position. Um, I don't know if you're aware, like Bill Pilot's like goalie academy. Mm-hmm. Did, did a couple of those, a uh, bunch of those when I was younger, and that kind of like structured how I would be playing my game. Um, and then that was kind of like the staple of like the transition from just you know playing lacrosse, having fun to the actual like, hey, let's let's just be, let's be as good as I can be in terms of this position. Um, and that's really when I stuck with goalie and kind of learned a lot of the fundamentals from that that academy and a couple of those camps. Um, and that was kind of like the the introduction to you know, like my high school career and everything. And that's kind of set the foundation that I needed to um, improve my game, understand my game, know what I need to improve on. And that, that knowledge about the game that, that I can't provide to me really, really kind of set me up for success in terms of what I wanted to do with the position. Love it. Yeah. I know. Um, I've never been to a bill pilot camp. I know a lot of goalies who have, um, and I mean, in terms of lacrosse camps, he's been doing it probably the longest out of anybody who's in the game yeah. right now. And and he goes all over the U S and, and mm-hmm. puts on a very good clinic, a very good camp. So uh, mm-hmm. goalish definitely check that out. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so you mentioned like sort of at a very young age, I don't know what the age was, but at a very young age, you said, you know, let's, let's see how good I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of the motivation for you as, as you were training. Um, I'm curious, you know, for a young goalie who sort of lacks motivation, a lot of, a lot of parents ask me like, how do I motivate my goalie? And maybe for you, that was very intrinsic, but I don't know, were there other Mm -hmm. factors that, that played into you having that really strong motivation to see how good you could be? I mean, I think a lot of it just came from the love of the game. Um, I watched so much college lacrosse when I was younger and, you know, I was always just fascinated by, by the position. Um, One, which I, I guess some people may not be, but you know, I was just, I was in love with the game, um, from a very early age and, you know, watching all those, those big time players, big time goalies, you know, no one in particular, just but seeing them all on game day and like perform. I just think it was such a special position one, because, you know, I think there is an added pressure, um, to the position. And I think I kind of, I love that sense of pressure and like having that kind of impact on game day. So it kind of brought me to really love the position even more. And then, you know, my coaching staff and my parents, uh, my sisters played lacrosse. So like, just, it was basically like a lacrosse family growing up and, you know, just being able to kind of work with my sisters in the backyard, do all that. And then also the, the, um, just support from the coaching staff, like kind of even just giving you those little, like, Hey, like you're doing really well with this. Like you should really continue with this position. Um, like that added support just really drove me to be like, Hey, like, yeah, maybe I'm doing really well. Like I had a chance to like be really good at this. Like, let, let's see how far we can go. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That encouragement is huge for goalies. I, I always tell, you know, the coaches and the parents, like you got to go nuts when the goalie yeah. makes a save and I don't even care if it like, you know, they don't even move and it hits them right in the face mask or the shoulder. Like, yeah, you know, it's that like reward that makes it worth it. And, and then like, you want more of that. And all right, I'm going to, put in the hard work. So now like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, not relying on getting hit in the shoulder or the face mask. I'm actually making yeah. the saves and it's great. Yeah. Especially um, at a young age. That's, that's especially really at a young age. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do the math here. Uh, Denver won the national championship in 2015. Um, okay. Wait, right. I mean, were, were you, yep. you, you were yep. in Denver at that time where, like, yep. in high school, mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. So was that a huge, like you mentioned, I watched a lot of college lacrosse. I got, I kind of got really inspired. Um, are you a big Ryan LaPlante guy? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I love, I loved watching him and he was very involved with the uh, program 3d, um, in Colorado as well. So, you know, he was definitely someone that I looked up to, um, growing up in high school. Um, and, you know, just even the sweatpants thing that he had going, um, was, was awesome seeing. And you definitely saw his impact on the game with other goalies in terms of transitioning, like the all sweatpants, rolling it up a little bit. Um, it was really cool to see. Yeah, his his sweatpants. So back when I played, I 2003, and that was kind of still the style. Like you rolled up the yeah. sweatpants, and it was like the idea was like, look, I'm not wearing shin guards, right? So it's kind of like yeah. expose those shins, let everyone know that. Although I got mm-hmm. the sweatpants on, uh, nothing under here. Now they tuck them into the socks. That's kind of like the yeah. The that was style. that was my thing. That was my yeah? thing this season. A little tuck in the socks. I like that. Um, I like that. I think it. it looks good. Yeah. 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 But I, the sweatpants, I love it because, and he would wear mm-hmm. really. If you look at photos of him, he has like. I don't know. Like he's oh, probably yeah. like a, a, maybe he's a large or an XL. He's got like quadruple XL sweatpants on. Like oh, we yeah. got, <laughs> yeah, they were, they were massive. Yeah, oh yeah. They were super big. Um, cool. What other goalies did you like watching? 
you know, I was actually like thinking about this, like growing up, I watched, it wasn't necessarily like one goalie that I always watched. It was just like in general, like watching college lacrosse and taking little bits and pieces from every single goalie, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think through high school, I was always looking in college and seeing like, oh, like which goalie plays like me, um, trying to like compare my game to theirs a little bit. And I kind of got to a point where I was just looking at little things from every single goalie, which I think is like a super big tip to like that I would provide for like younger goalies is like, don't mimic your game off of anyone else's, but try and develop your own game, taking little pieces from every single goalie, you know. Um, I think there's so much to learn from the different goalies in college with their play styles. You know, there's so many different play styles. Um, but I think it's just like trying to find little things that you would take from each goalie. And I think that's kind of what I did in high school and, and growing up is just taking little things from every single goalie and trying to build my game up the best it can be while also just, you know, admiring them and trying to trying to be like them one day and on the big stage. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's like, hundred percent my philosophy and like one of the reasons that i do this podcast and i started lax goalie rats just because i love watching goalies and just like taking little things it could be like the smallest of things like it was like i love the way this guy does a face dodge in the open field like like that i'm gonna incorporate that into my game or like yeah oh look how he did this crease play when he had someone on him and it was kind of you know just like really specific Mm -hmm. scenarios that you can you know, incorporate into your own game and learn from and and always be a sponge. That's kind of what I tell the young goalies out there. Yeah, no, most definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, any, any like specific lessons or things come to mind? Like, Oh, I, this, this is a part of my game. I took this from so-and-so. Yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, over the past four years, a lot of the drills that I've been doing have remained the same. Um, And a lot of that's due to the coaching staff that we have here. Um, recently, like Coach Kubikowski, he's now a, a coach at Manhattan, but he worked specifically with the goalies over the past two years. And, you know, he did a lot of stuff at Goalie Smith. Um, so a lot of the drills that he was doing were variations of that with us. And, you know, a lot of it was a lot of it was competition based. I think Army in, in itself is is interesting that we have six goalies, which is very unique for for a college team. And um, but he basically developed a bunch of these drills that were all competition based, getting us, you know, in there quick, um, getting shots, getting reps quick, but still rotating in and out. So you're not just standing around the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the drills that he kind of formulated around us is, is all competition based and brought a lot more enjoyment to the, to the, um, to the game itself. Someone turned the lights off on you, huh? Yeah, I know. I think they're, <laughs> they're motion activated. So I think, you know, I don't, I'd say I'd get up and turn around, but no, we're good. I can still see you. I can yeah, still see you. <laughs> um, so six goalies. Uh, well, before we get to the, to, to army, I'd love to kind of hear about uh, going chronologically. Just you know your recruiting process. Yeah. And um, you know when you first envisioned playing lacrosse at the D one level, and then and then the story of you know committing to to West Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so when I was getting recruited, it was still of the time of there wasn't really a hard set deadline of. Hey, you can only get talked to after June 1st of your junior day and whatever. So, you know, people were committing eighth grade, freshman year, sophomore year. So um, lacrosse was definitely something that I knew I wanted to play in college. And, you know, with everyone committing around, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, there's definitely added pressure to everyone who wasn't committed. Um, But it's definitely something that I really wanted to do. And, you know, it's a sophomore year. I I wouldn't say I was necessarily heavily recruited. Um, Sophomore year is kind of when I first started receiving interest from schools. Um, you know, Sacred Heart, Fairfield, Boston, um, Mercer, um, looked at Maryland for a little bit. And then, you know, that was kind of the introduction to my recruiting process. Um, and, you know, then West Point obviously reached out to my coach and kind of got me in contact with them. And it was never really something that I actually considered. Um, you know, I've had grandparents in the military and that was about as far as like my military background had gone. It was never something that I was like, hey, I want to go to West Point. I want to do this. But you know, the coaching staff here is, is great. And, you know, just talking to them a couple of times, you know, getting on visits here, meeting the guys on the team and and going through all that, it just felt like an obvious decision for me um, and what I wanted to do. And it was obviously a great opportunity in terms of the future and as, as well as on the lacrosse field. Awesome. Awesome. What you mentioned, like, you know, it's just, it was an obvious fit. It was an obvious fit. What if there's a goalie going through it, like what would you recommend that they be on the lookout for to know mm. that it's an obvious fit? 
I think, you know, the first thing that I would always tell people is, you know, develop that relationship with the coaches and the players on the team currently. Um, don't look at it so much as a, a lacrosse school, but more of a, a school that's best going to fit your interest. Um, and one, I think the people on the team and the coaching, they make that a easy decision for you, which is why it's so easy for me. But I also think, you know, look at what the school provides. Don't just say, okay, this is a great lacrosse school. Like, look at what your academic interests are and like what you want to do and, you know, see if that actually fits with your interest um, in terms of what you want to do in the future. Um, you know, I think anyone at the stage always is looking at top schools and say, hey, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to play lacrosse there. But like, look more into it and look at the the academic side of it as well as the the people side of it. Um, you know, I think as much as a uh, lacrosse experience can change your your college experience over the next four years, I think the people is actually what makes it the most valuable and rewarding experience. So I think definitely look at developing those relationships with the coaches, see that they have your interest in mind, as well as look at the guys on the team and see if that's what you want to be a part of in that culture. Yeah. And how did you develop that relationship with the guys on the team? Um, was it through those visits or did you like then keep in contact with them outside, uh, you know, outside of those visits and then before you, but before you made your decision? Yeah. So a little bit was, um, here at West Point, I'm not sure exactly how they do it at every school, but they would take a bunch of the recruits and, and put them on recruiting trips. Um, there'd be 10 or so of us. And, you know, we'd always, we'd stay in contact throughout that. And I think also I was grateful that someone from my high school came here and then, um, I was able to talk through him and see how he, how the experience has treated him, see how the guys on the team are. And, you know, I, I knew him for a while and I was able to kind of get that experience of, you know, like the culture and being a part of the team without even being a part of the team yet. So I think really important to, you know, try and make those connections of the guys on the team, as well as the guys that are also being recruited. Um, you know, I think having those relationships, even if you guys don't end up at the same school of people in your class, even if they're at different schools of having that relationship and being able to talk about, you know, different schools you're looking at, like what you're liking, what you're not liking. Um, I think that can also provide some comfort in the school that you pick. Um, so just kind of having relationships, both with the recruits that are being recruited to the school, as well as the guys on the team and, you know, just trying to get as much of the team-like experience without being a part of the team yet. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. That's awesome. So then you mentioned West Point reached out and, you know, mm -hmm. you, you sort of like hadn't considered it, but, you know, attending West Point is not like attending a normal university. I mean, it's no. free to attend, but you're signing up for, you know, a service, a service commitment. Um, how did that factor into your decision? Um, it didn't necessarily waver me as much as I thought it would in terms of, hey, like, that's not what I want to necessarily do. It's always something that I think I talked a lot about with my dad and my grandfather. My grandfather served in the um, the army and my dad was actually offered an opportunity to go to West Point and he didn't. So um, kind of as soon as he found out I was getting recruited, he talked to me a lot about just, you know, the regrets that he had of, of not attending West Point. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a little bit extra motivation there and just experiencing what he, what he thinks he missed out on. Um, it's definitely one of those opportunities that you're presented with and, you know, um, it's something that you just don't want to pass up. Um, obviously, you know, serving was never really something that crossed my mind, but it's something that once I found out more about the process at West Point, kind of what they develop you into being and the opportunities that it's going to present for you in the future is just, um, you know, next to none. And I think I'm very mm -hmm. grateful for the opportunity. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I, that I decided to come here because I was definitely more younger and, and immature when I, when I made that decision. Um, sure. but I'm very grateful that I did. And, you know, I'm very happy for the experience that I've had here. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, my, my dad served in the army and, and played mm -hmm. lacrosse, uh, not, not like at West yeah. Point, but like literally yeah. when he was like in the army, I, I told the story on the podcast with, um, with AJ, you know, AJ Barreto. Yep. Yeah, yep, I do. So I told the story. I'll tell you, I'll tell you again real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, so he, yeah, he was, yeah, he was stationed at Fort Ord, like in Monterey, California doing training. Okay. Right. And, uh, out walks. Uh, Lieutenant First Lieutenant Steve Wood, and he was an All American at West Point, and like just graduated, mm -hmm. right? So it's his first job, and he's like at each soldiers, and he's like, "Has anybody played lacrosse?" 
And uh, my dad looks around and like, no one's raising their hand, right? And he grew up like a little bit in Canada. And so he's like, well, I've, I've seen lacrosse. And so he's like, raises his hand. And he's like, years later, he's like, that was the best decision I ever made in my life because I got to play lacrosse with these officers. And I don't know like how it is now, but apparently like mm -hmm. the officers aren't supposed to like associate or like hang out, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, with, with, um, with, with, uh, I don't know, normal, the normal army guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I'm hanging out with these officers. They're like the best friends of mine. And and he was athletic and he just kind of picked it up and learned how to play. So that was like, that's how awesome. we had sticks in the garage. And that was kind of like how I got uh, introduced to lacrosse. That's awesome. I love that story. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, all right. So then now you get to West point and you guys got six mm -hmm. goalies on yeah. the roster and that can be really like, you know, you, you, as a coach, you got to have, like you said, you got to have a really good plan to make sure that not all these goalies are standing around, that they're all mm -hmm. motivated. How was that for you personally, being a part of a, a, a six goalie unit? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, definitely tough in terms of trying to do everything that you want to do. Um, you know, I think coach, coach Alvarisi, he brings in, you know, he brought in six great goalies this year. And um, you know, based off last season, this, this season was a complete competition between every single one of us. Um, and, you know, so the fall was very competitive, you know, quick reps, quick in and out, um, trying just to make the most of, most of your opportunities. Um, you know, luckily we got, we had a bigger team than, than most, um, you know, about 62 guys on our team. And so, you know, we're splitting the fields in the two, three times at most. So, I mean, you're having two goalies, each cage and, you know, just getting in there, getting as much as you can. And um, there's also so many specialized or many like set away moments that we are just working on just our own game. Um, and, you know, working with the coaches in the past, they've always developed drills that that get us involved and um, you're not really standing around too much. Um, you know, a little bit more frustrating for some of the goalies, you know, it can be in the, in the season when you're doing some scouting reps and stuff like that. But um you know, our coaching staff does a great job of um, just sticking on the fact that like, Hey, you just, you got to do whatever you can to help your team win. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of guys are taking a lot of scout reps um, from like our number one guys and, you know, changing their play styles a little bit to try and mimic what other goalies are doing on other teams. Um, so, you know, every single guy on our team is just dedicated and, and committed to helping our team win and, you know, whatever that takes, it's, it's what they're going to do. So definitely grateful for for the guys in the locker room especially the uh six goalies that I was able to to play this season with yeah that's awesome 62 guys yeah wow <laughs> i know i know it's a small little army there right yeah it's just about <laughs> i love it um is there no limit on the, on the maximum number of people you could have on your team so due to i think military schools specifically um you know one with the recruiting process they're afforded they're allowed to actually contact people tomorrow on July 1st, um, which other schools aren't. So I think they get like a month advance in that, mm -hmm. you know, they're not completely capped out by how many people they can bring in because one, it's not on scholarship. Right. And then, um, so they're kind of able to bring in more kids and then all of it's really based on locker room size. Um, you know, our coaches, they do a bunch of breakdown of the numbers and all that. And we have, we have a great locker room, um, that can just about hold, you know, 62 kids on kids on our team. Um, so they do a good job with the numbers and trying to figure out all of that. But yeah, just military schools in general aren't really restricted to the same NCAA regulations that other schools are in terms of size. So it's, nice. I mean, cool. a lot of guys, but it's definitely, definitely awesome. Yeah. 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 And talk to me about, cause I'm, you know, the service academies definitely attract a certain like type of individual, right? Um, mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. You know, talk to your teammates. Like, is there, is there sort of a common thread sort of a common um i don't know attitude or way you would describe the cultural values that maybe they have that you might not see as consistently at other schools yeah um i mean hard to speak about other schools but specifically for us you know there is a very strong sense of commitment to the guys that come in on our team you know every single one of them has already basically committed to serve five years, you know, when they get here. Um, and they're already, they're already my, like they're already goal oriented in terms of that aspect. So it's super easy to get everyone on the same page and committed to the same goals that we have on the lacrosse team. Um, you know, everyone is obviously 
committed to being physically fit, um, committed to being a part of the lacrosse team, you know, being strong in the academic classroom. Um, there's all these things that people have already committed to before even arriving at school. So it helps basically bring our team closer and allow us to achieve our goals easier because we are already so alike in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. So it makes it, it makes our team a lot closer than I think than others. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. Um, talk to me about this season. Wow, what a run, yeah. huh? Um, your, your final yeah. season coming into it. Uh, I just love to get your thoughts on, as a whole on this season. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely a remarkable experience. Um, just the season as a whole. I mean, going into the season last year, we lost about 19 seniors, um, a very impactful group of guys on and off the field. Um, and, you know, we kind of started off brand new in the, in the fall. Um, a lot of new guys stepping up, a lot of freshmen that were going to be asked to take on bigger roles than, than they would have anywhere else. Um, and, you know, just kind of establishing that underdog mentality from the very beginning, um, you know, allowing us to basically just work hard, you know, work in the dark and, you know, show what we can in the spring. Um, and then I think, I mean, the, the keep the change mindset is, is how we refer to it is, is our team motto, but that's what kind of drove us this whole season. Um, and just being that underdog in the beginning of the season, overlooked by a lot of people and just, you know, putting our heads down and going to work. Wait, what does keep the change mean? I don't get it. Okay. So yeah, keep the change. It was a, it's our team motto this year. So in January, one of our team captains, Jacob Morin, he coined the phrase, keep the change. So beginning of the season, preseason polls and all that stuff came out and we were like unranked, not even considered in terms of any of the polls and our coaching staff at the beginning of the fall, they said, if a man gives you $5, you give him $7 of work. So this whole mindset of the fall of over delivering, just always consistently over delivering everything that you do. And it kind of carried over into what the, the keep the change turned into, you know, overlooked by a lot of people. No one's really considering us as a, uh, a contender. No one thinks that we're going to win the Patriot League championship. It's just that mindset of, hey, keep the change. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep delivering every single week. You know, we're going to keep getting higher rankings. We're going to keep improving. And we don't want to hear any of it because if you didn't believe in us at the beginning of the season, then just don't believe in us now. So just that little chip yeah. on our shoulder that we needed and something that we coined uh, or Jacob coined at the beginning of the season and something that we just embodied throughout the whole season. I love it. Keep the change. Keep yeah. the change. Oh, we yeah. got we got keep the change t-shirts or well, we do. We do. We got we had a bunch of keep yeah. the change t-shirts made throughout this whole season. So. All right. I love it. That's awesome. Uh yeah, what a, I mean, what a great season. Um yeah. Patriot League champs, you know, knocking off Maryland in the first round, losing mm -hmm. to awesome Penn State team uh, in this in the quarterfinals. Um any particular games that come to mind for you that were like really standout game? I want to, I want to tell you actually another quick story. So I, yeah. I like to do the save edits, right. And I don't do a lot mm -hmm. of them myself these days. I have uh, some, some guys on my team that do it, but I was sitting down to do one and I'm sitting down to do um, Knox Dent versus Chase Erland, who I, who I sponsored yeah. from Cornell. And like in the, in the intro, they show uh, like, you know, talking about Knox Dent and they show uh, your in your injury in this save it's like the 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 most intense save I've ever seen in my life so like <laughs> you go back behind the goal and boom the knee goes out right and yep. and you just kind of like see yourself you're sitting there for like five seconds not five seconds like three seconds in pain because like yeah. obviously you just had an but then you're like crap I got to defend the goal and you get up <laughs> and like hobble back into the goal and make a oh, diving yeah. save and I was literally like doing the save edit and I was just like oh <laughs> my gosh Talk to me about that play if you could. Yeah, wow. Um, definitely a uh, a moment that I just, to be honest, just blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after right. the uh, after the injury, you know, I've I've torn my ACL both meniscus before, and I I felt what that that was like. So, you know, as soon as I I turned and I, I felt that little pop, I, I knew something was off. Um, and then after that, you know, I kind of had to watch the clip a couple times because to complete to be completely honest, I just kind of blacked out after you know. Um, I remember just getting up and I was like, Hey, I just, let's, let's get it up, get, get back in there. Um, you know, I obviously didn't get the ball. So I, no one's in the goal. It's definitely an opportunity for them to score. And it was just, Hey, like get up, like, let's see what I can do. And, you know, 
luckily I was able to, to get back in there just in time. Um, but it was definitely one of those moments that's a bittersweet, you know, um, for me personally, I thought my season was completely over when that happened. Um, so, I mean, just honestly, at that point, I was just trying to leave it all on the field at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, so talk to me about that. So that was the Loyola game. And then you were back three weeks later. Yes. So I'm the Loyola games when I messed up my knee and then I missed the Bucknell game and the Colgate game after and Cornell was the first game I was back. Um, you know, those two weeks, just getting MRIs kind of seeing exactly what happened. And then obviously working with the training staff, I was able to, um, you know, get back on and be able to play, um, you know, how to get some shots that helped a little bit and, you know, just put a brace back on and wore a brace for the rest of the season. And just my training staff was, was awesome and allowing me to, to get back out there and, you know, I mean, I would do it any day over again, just to, just to have that, that season season. So it was awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned before we hit record that now you just recently had the surgery to kind of what, yes. clean, clean it up and, and mm-hmm. reattach things yep. or, or just, just clean up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tore my meniscus, I tore my lateral meniscus. And then I also tore some cartilage in my knee, um, in March. And so three days ago got surgery, they, uh, completely repaired the meniscus and they also took some cartilage from some other parts of my knee and put it in where it was torn. So mm-hmm. got that whole operation done and, you know, looking at a good, good four to five month recovery, but, uh, you know, that's about it right now. Yeah. When you think of back, to, when you think back to this season, are there particular games where like for you guys as a team, like, oh man, that was a big turning point for us? Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to say that there is a big turning point for us. Um, you know, I think the back half of the season was super important for us because, you know, I, I think it's the whole season in general. It's just every other, every game that went on is we were getting better in some asset um, mm-hmm. of our team, you know, um, from the first game on is every single game we are making improvements. Um, and I think towards the back half, you know, especially going into the Patriot league tournament, um, we were definitely super thrilled, um, of winning the Patriot league tournament in terms of beating Loyola and then getting matched up against Maryland in the, in the first round. And I think the confidence within, within our room and the locker room and then the team as well was, was super high. Um, you know, we, we knew we could compete with anyone, um, and there never, never was really a, a turning point that I was like, hey, like everything is really clicking now. It was more of just a, a strong sense of belief in, in our team throughout the whole season of of knowing what we're capable of and then knowing what we what we can accomplish. Um, and that, that belief just just carried us throughout the whole season of just constantly over delivering every single week and, and getting better. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. When we think about uh, the mental game. Um, you know, you just mentioned like w- your team having a strong sense of belief in the team. When you mm-hmm. think about the mental game, like how do you how do you have a strong sense of belief in your own personal goalie game? Yeah, um, definitely something that I've never fully been completely confident in myself. And you know, it's something definitely something that in the first couple of years of college, I think, um, specifically freshman and freshman year, definitely struggled with confidence in terms of. Um, playing lacrosse, you know, um, I, I will say I was afforded the opportunity and, and other guys on our team, we have a, a great, um, head psychologist, sports psychologist here and Dr. Zinzer and someone that I worked with religiously freshman and sophomore year and, and junior year. And even this year as well, of just constantly going to him and just finding out more things about, you know, the mental side of, of things. And I think goalie specifically being one of those positions, that's very, there's, there's an intense amount of pressure on you. Um, and you know, the mental aspect I think is just as important as the physical. And I really figured that out after my freshman year, seeing the, the improvements that I made in my game, just, you know, seeing him developing a little bit more confidence in myself. Um, you know, it, it had wonders for my game and definitely, you know, even this season talking to him of just, you know, constantly getting better in, in terms of lacrosse related physically, um, mentally as well you know, just the impact that he had on me in terms of my mental game completely transformed my game. And I would, mm. I would recommend anyone to, you know, seeking mental help and trying to develop confidence in your own games, talking to sports psychologists. I think, you know, obviously there's people that are very confident in themselves and in their skills, which is, is great. I think every, everyone needs to be. And there's also points where you always have that little self-doubt about yourself um, in terms of your skill. So, 
you know, that's, I think, one of the things that's definitely overlooked in, in the lacrosse community or just in sports in general is just the mental side of the game. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, I very I pride myself in, in how strong that was for me. Um, mm. And it definitely, definitely showed for sure. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the themes that came out of uh, last week's Lacrosse Goalie Summit 10 because there mm-hmm. was two mental health or uh, mental health therapists slash sports psychologists. Yeah. And, um, you know, just it's cool. It's cool. And it's mm-hmm. like it can help you so much. And so, you oh, know, yeah. there's a lot of goalies that might think that, uh, you know, working with someone like that's not cool and phew, couldn't be further from the truth. So definitely do that. What Dr. Zinzer, is that Dr. Zinzer? Mm-hmm. Zinzer. He was okay. the head, he was the head sports or he's in charge of the whole sports psychology. And, um, there's a CEP program, so center of enhanced performance at West point. He was in charge of all of that. He retired. Um, he retired at the end of last year, but okay. he's still working with, he's still working with, um, you know, clients and stuff like that. So he has a book. It's actually called the confident mind. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend it to, to anyone. Um, Definitely just just a great book. I mean, he's worked with Eli Manning, a bunch of these famous hockey guys. Like he's worked with a lot of the big names. And, you know, he's definitely um, heading the charge in, in that department for sure. Sweet. Maybe I can get him on the show. Now, now yeah, that he's retired, he's got a lot of time to come on. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Come talk to us goalies, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, what else specifically um, did he teach you? I, I'd love to talk about maybe just one other lesson that you know, where yeah. I was having this problem or like this thing that he said was really impactful in my, in my mm-hmm. uh, performance. Yeah. It would actually be, um, so this past season, you know, very beginning of it before I had started any college game in my career, um, sat down and talked with him for a good bit. And he basically told me, you know, a game is just like a TV show. You know, there's, there could be a hundred different episodes of one single game, you know? So this mindset of basically what he says is like, there's going to be 40 episodes that you're going to experience in a game, you know, 40 times, maybe the offense has the ball and they're coming down on you to, to shoot score, whatever you make a save one episode. And then you also maybe let one in one episode, but it's also this like the mindset of there's so many different episodes throughout a game. And there's so much that you can't control. And it's just that like, Hey, like let's get the next one. Um, And it was just like the idea of, you know, there's so many opportunities that you're going to have, um, in one game and there's no reason to put so much pressure on the past opportunity um, you know just getting out of that specifically for me it was like oh I just got scored on it's just like hey like the next play mentality um, was just something that we'd always hit on you know he always he said that there's a good thing like or a good trick for any goalie or any any one person to do is you know have like a term that just basically is like a switch for your mind and for me it was um, forget how we've phrase it completely but I was always like anytime the ball would cross over the midfield I would say like time's up it's like that was like my two words to myself that I would just say and it would completely just like snap my head like hey let's focus on this given moment there's no reason to recollect on what happened maybe the three quarters before what's going to happen after just hey like that just kind of snapped me into that mindset of hey let's let's focus on now um and yeah there's only so much you can do in, in 40 episodes there's no reason to put so much pressure on yourself so um, you know, just trying to forget about the past things. And I think it's easier said than done, obviously, but, you know, just, I think that's one trick that I always use is, is just saying that little quick thing to myself and getting myself to snap back into the present and, and forget about the past was, was huge. Yeah. I love that. love that so much. Yeah. That was another big takeaway of mine is that, um, you know, the mental game is like the physical game in the sense that it takes a lot of reps to get good at it. Right. And I think that in the physical game, that's very easy to understand. It's like, all right, well, I don't expect to take five shots and be like, all right, now, like, I know how to play goalie. Like I can save all the shots. You got to take like 10,000 shots, right? Mm -hmm. You don't expect to go to the gym, do one set of of bench press and be like, cool. Like this is man, I'm strong. No, like, right. It's consistent work. But with the mental game, sometimes people think like, oh, I tried that thing that you recommended and it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's one rep. Yeah. Now do no. that over and over again. So you really uh-huh. have to be consistent in that. And you might not be good at it at first. Right. But, but with reps, it comes and you get mentally strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, there's things that, that work for me that are not going to work for other people. And it's one of those things oh, just, yeah. like trying to find what's, what's best for you in that aspect. And I think there's, there's so many different little tricks, techniques, um, little things here and there that, that can change the mental game for you and it's definitely not universal for everyone but yeah um, 
there's definitely things that everyone can pick up on and try and find, you know, confidence in that. Love it. And that control, what you can control thing is such a big, uh, Mm-hmm. lesson from sports psychologists too. I never studied any sports psychology, but I feel like I got, I feel like I got, I've talked to so many. I feel like I got a lot of yeah. their, a lot of their knowledge in my head. And because you hear that control, what you can control from every single sports psychologist. And a lot of times mm-hmm. like, you know, goalies will say, well, what about when my defender says something really bad to me after, you know, after I give up a goal, we're talking about youth lacrosse. And it always comes back to like, well, guess what? Like control what you can control, right? Like yeah. you can't control how other people are going to react. Can't control mm-hmm. that, but you can definitely control how you react and 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 how you think about the situation. So I think yeah. that's great advice. And and every mm-hmm. time I hear that from a sports psych, it reminds me like, yeah, control what you could yeah. control, right? Yeah, most definitely. All right, cool. Uh, I'm gonna have to read that book then. What's um yeah, let me let me, I guess if I look it up, what, what was the name of the book? The Confident Mind. Yeah, The Confident Mind. Did you read it? Doctor, yes, I did. By okay. Dr. Nate Zenzer. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is a definitely must read. And just the way he puts things is is definitely a an easier way to understand a lot about the mental mental aspect of it. And it's something I would definitely recommend. Okay, cool. How does, um, how does you know, if there's a young goalie who's struggling with their confidence in the goal, what would you tell them besides reading that book? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I would say just, you know, it's, it's one thing to feel confident in terms of your skills and one thing, but, um, I would just say, you know, try and find an intense amount of passion for the game. Um, you know, sometimes you're playing goalie and maybe you're, you're really hard on yourself or whatever, like try maybe playing a different position. Like at a youth age, I think one thing is like, you may be trying to force yourself to play one position and really get good at it, but also like you started off playing lacrosse, probably not in that position, you know, definitely make sure that that's the position for you. And, you know, I think the passion for that position is what's going to drive that confidence um, and that desire to get better. Um, You know, so definitely make sure that that's the position for you. Um, You know, try different things, talk to your coaches and, and then they, if at the end of the day, you want to get back in the goal and you're going to get back in the goal and you're, you're going to have a little bit more passion for that position and trying to get better. Um, and, you know, the confidence aspect of it is, you know, just trying to, like you said earlier, with like the different types of drills, you know, the tennis balls, um, maybe adding a little extra padding, um, just trying to develop a little bit more confidence in terms of the physical aspect of it. And then obviously the, the mental aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely not an easy position, you know, a lot of pressure on you. Um, and, you know, just trying to remove as much of that pressure as you can and just, you know, like I said, like control what you can control, you know, at a youth age, there's, there's so much more than lacrosse. So it's not the end of the world if you get scored on. And and if you do, you know, worry about the next play. Um, there's no need to, to weigh all your, weigh all of it on the, on the last one. So, you know, there, there's a bunch of different things that, that I can yeah. say. And it's just, oh, it's such a complex know. topic, right? I yeah. mean, um, and it's even it even gets more complex in the sense that like I think the best lacrosse goalies have an irrational sense of confidence, right? Yeah. Like maybe if you're a youth goalie, like you've done nothing to earn it, right? yeah. <laughs> but, but you walk out there with this attitude of like I can save anything, I can like I'm yeah. the best goalie that that ever exists, and then you end up like playing a lot better, and then when it comes time to like practice, all of a sudden like you all of a sudden the mentality sort of flips and it's like, Oh mm-hmm. man, I'm, I need to get way better. I need to get way better. Yeah. Like, and, but then boom, you have this switch. So yeah, it's uh-huh. a topic that's super deep, super intense. Uh, that's why doctors write books about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. So you mentioned you're still in the, in the West point area, sort of, uh, mm-hmm. did the surgery. Are you working with the team still? coaching yes. or what, what are your plans right now? Uh, no? Yeah. So for the next six months and yeah, six or seven months until January, I'm going to be with the lacrosse team, working with the coaches, um, you know, helping out with a lot of the operation side of it. Cause so as of now, I'm technically, I have commissioned as an officer in the, in the military. So right now I'm a second Lieutenant in the, the U S military and, you know, I'll be doing some stuff around West point, helping, helping with them um, in terms of that. But the main thing that I'll be doing is, is attached to the lacrosse team, you know, helping out with coaches as much as I can. And, you know, obviously being around practices and, you know, being able to be as much as an impact on the team as I can without having to play. Um, 
you know, I think it's going to be, I'm super excited for one, because I, I'm able to be around the sport a little bit longer. And it's definitely yeah. something that I want to continue doing, you know, in what regards and what aspect that is. I'm, I'm not completely sure um, with the military and everything. So, right. you know, lacrosse is something that has done so much for me and it's something that I want to stay around, you know, my whole life. Um, so I'm super grateful for the opportunity to be here and be around the team a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, what's next for me in the lacrosse community? I, I don't know. Um, but I'm definitely going to, going to be doing something. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck, both in the recovery mm-hmm. and, and, and your service. And again, thank you very much for your service. Um, yeah, thank wish you. you best of luck. Um, thank you. I appreciate Are you going to be working with the goalies? I mean, yeah, I hope so. I hope coach let me uh, work with them a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, we haven't really, I got in here. So three days ago, got the surgery and, you know, that was like kind of my first couple of days back here. So definitely got some conversations to have with the coaches in terms of what my role will be in the fall. But, you know, goalies, um, I have such a good relationship with the other goalies on the team and, you know, I'm more than happy to to work with them and, and, and try and help in any way that I can. Um, you know, I'm I'm super excited that I'm even getting the opportunity to be here. So definitely going to try and weasel my way into to coaching them a little bit and, and helping as much as I can. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I love it. And who knows? You got the one year of eligibility still left, right? Uh, so, hey. About, about two, right? About two years of eligibility. But, oh, you uh, got two years of eligibility left. Yep. Yeah, two okay. years left. So who knows? Uh, so we could have like, you know, you, you do your service. You could have like a, like a 28-year-old Knox Dent going back for a grad program, <laughs> lighting, up, lighting up the college scoreboards, huh? That would definitely be a uh, an experience that I would be willing to, uh, to look into doing for All sure. Right. All right. So we'll you, see. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, who knows? Right. Um, and you were telling me that the, the service academies, they can't do the NIL deals. No, no. Oh, man. Yeah, service academies are not allowed to do that. I, I'm, it's something to do with being employments of the or employees of the government. Um, uh, so it's just yeah. in terms of the pay and everything we are being paid by the government um, to go to Got school it. here. Got so it. we are technically employees of the government and, you know, that kind of just, contradicts with the nil and everything but yeah um you know i mean we're given a lot of opportunities here as well so right it's, it's something that's just you know not talked about too much but it's just one of those things that hey, it's it is what it is and move on yeah i hear you well when i heard that it was a bummer because i was like if there's anyone i would love to sponsor as a as a goalie <laughs> be a member of the of the service academies but um yeah mm-hmm. you're right it's like pros and cons right and so yeah Maybe you don't get that opportunity, but you do have a lot of other great opportunities mm-hmm. as a result of going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most um, definitely. Cool. Uh, what did you play with stick-wise? Do you, you STX yeah. Eclipse 2 guy? Oh, yeah. I've been a STX Eclipse 2 guy since since I was growing up. I was using the Eclipses when I was younger. Um, you know, high school, I'd mess around. I just, I loved lacrosse in high school. So I had hundreds of different types of sticks and I'd use a couple here and there. But Eclipse yeah. was something that I always would stick by and use and once I got to college, it was, I was kind of on the more in the mindset of like, Hey, like, let's find something that works and let's stick with it for the next four years. Um, and it was always the same thing, same pocket, just about, you know, two use, two nylons, a little deep, low pocket. Um, and then just, you know, the, the easiest shaft that I could find that was metal and like the lightest that I could find. And, you know, yeah. uh, everything just kind of stuck with me throughout the four the past four years and same, same setup, everything. And do you, do you string your own sticks? Yep. Yeah, nice. I do. Yeah. So been stringing them since I started playing, you know, I think it was the first goalie stick I got was strung by one of the stores uh, that I got it at, like just a breakaway lacrosse store and whatnot. And can't say it was too great, but after I got that stick, I definitely learned how to string and watched a bunch of YouTube videos, all that really got into it and tried to develop something that would work for me. And you know, found that and just stuck with it. So awesome. Uh, the Eclipse three drops July 4th. Did you know that? I had heard about the Eclipse three coming out. I was actually looking in the season. I was like, Hey, like talking to my equipment managers, like, Hey, can you get, did you hear about anything like this? Yeah. Or, like, can you yeah. get this? And I didn't know there was a set date. So that's, that's good to hear that it's coming out. I'm going to have to try really, to get my hands on it. Yeah. I, um, I've got a couple coming my way, uh, through my oh, yeah. contacts, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I, I, I want to get it like weeks in advance. That's, that's the kind of level yeah. I want to be working at, you know, Knox, but we're yeah. not there yet. So they give it to no. me like, like the day it launches. 
but hey, it's better, better than most. Yeah, better yeah. than most, right? But um, no, supposedly, awesome. like, I mean, the two things that like you want out of a goalie head, like the main thing is the stiffness, so that like yeah. if you get any top of the top part of the cross on the ball, it's not like folding back, and and that's a that's a save. So apparently, they've done a lot of work there, and then the lightness, and then the throat. A lot of goalies mm-hmm. like to grip the throat. Are you? Do you do? Do you put yeah. your hand on the plastic? I'm a, yeah, I'm definitely a grip the throat guy, which is I definitely like the Eclipse two compared to the Eclipse like the the standard oh, Eclipse yeah. one because right. I, that was just like a rounded edge and it wasn't really completely comfortable. But the the, the Eclipse two uh, definitely had more of a a modified grip that was a little bit more comfortable um, to hold. And you know, I think the stiffness being one thing that has always continuously improved from the Eclipse. I think yeah, the first one being not say poor, but not great. And then the second, the Eclipse 2, a little better in that stiffness category. But it's just one of those things that, you know, you use the head long enough, you want it to remain stiff. And um, I think that's that's awesome that they're going to be focusing on that for the Eclipse 3 as well. There you go. There you go. Knox, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, yeah. sharing your story. I feel like we hit it all. Anything anything you feel like we missed? No, I, I just yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. And I love seeing all the, the goalies you've been talking to. And just the whole, the whole lax goalie rat, everything, you know, I think it's really cool for the sport and especially the position. So I appreciate what you've done too. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I should mention, so I'm, 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 uh, I have a bunch of interns, a bunch of high school and junior high uh, kids are working for lax goalie rat this summer. Okay. And a few of them uh, said, I I put like in in the little team roster, like who's your favorite goalie? Two folks, Knox dead. So let's go. That's awesome. Let's go. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love hearing that. That's, that's great. Yeah. Glad that I could make an impact on some other people. So that's great. Yeah. Um, not only, so one, uh, here, let let me give him a shout out here. Cause he went, he went full service Academy, I think. Cause I, I was, uh, here it is right here. Oh no, 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 never mind. He's more, he's more on the air force side. Aiden, Aiden put a bunch of air force goalies. So (laughs) all right. All right. That's Aiden. all good. <laughs> yeah, all good. All good. But we do got Knox Dent in there twice. So anyway. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, Knox, if you had to leave the goalies out there with uh with the final piece of advice, what would that be? I'd say have fun. You know, the position, there's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Um, you know, just just have as much fun as you can, see how good you can be, and just just enjoy the sport. Um, you know, I think there's too many times that I can look back and be in like, oh, like. I put so much pressure on myself to perform here where I was like, that was such a great opportunity. Why didn't I just embrace the opportunity for what I had? Um, you know, I think that that's easier said than done, but I think, you know, have fun. Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself, you know, recruiting circuit that can get very, very hard and provide a lot of pressure to yourself. So just, you know, enjoy what you're doing, enjoy what you're doing it with um, and just, just try and have as much fun as possible. And I think that's the, the thing that I'd leave everyone with in terms of whoever's playing lacrosse is just, you know, enjoy it. Um, you only get to play for so long, so just make the most out of it. Beauty. Knox, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Damon. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was Army goalie Knox Dent. Awesome to uh, chat with him. He's actually, when we recorded this episode, which is a couple months ago now, he was still on the mend. So he was, uh, as he talked about in the show, he was rehabbing his knee before uh, serving our country. And once again, thank you to Knox Dent and all of the armed uh, forces service members who serve our country. Uh, big shout out to all you guys. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Knox. Fort Knox, some awesome, awesome stuff I thought he shared in that episode. If you're looking for more lacrosse goalie training, I want to give you a personal invitation to the Lax Goalie Rat Academy. That's my personal academy. It's thousands of online training videos, hours and hours of content on everything you need to get to where Knox Dent is at in his lacrosse goalie career. That is to say, one of the best goalies in collegiate lacrosse. You got things on stance, positioning, arc play, tons of drills. You got coaching from some of the best goalies in the world, pro goalies, college goalies, uh, on both on the men's and women's side. It's really an amazing library of training videos. You're going to learn so much. Check it out at laxgoalierat.com slash camp laxgoalierat.com slash camp. It's just 40 bucks a month. So you can go in there, 
consume as much content as you want for just 40 bucks. Laxgoalyrat.com slash camp. I hope to see you in there. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well, and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.